Well, as I was preparing for this evening's services, uh, the Lord directed me and reminded me of this verse in uh, Ezra. So I want to start by reading this verse tonight. It says, And now for a little space grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place, that our God might lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Now, probably many of you were up late last night uh, hoping for a win for our president. Probably many of you have kept a close eye on those election results throughout the, the day as well. Uh, because I know that we really do desire to see the tide turn here in America. Amen. But as you look at the results of last night's election, I think one thing becomes abundantly and apparently clear to us as believers. And that is that there has been no awakening uh, yet in our country. There has been no real revival as of yet here in this country. Uh, there still is a wicked majority that are very much entrenched in their wickedness. And if President Trump does not end up pulling out some sort of victory by the skin of his teeth and by the grace and mercy of God, uh, we'll end up with a President Biden. And listen, folks, although we desire a President Trump and a political majority that would uphold and stand for right principles and right practices in our country, we've got to realize that it is not a political revolution or a political revival that we need. Amen. What we desperately need is a spiritual revival, amen. amen. A spiritual awakening in our country. Why art thou disquieted, Christian? Why art thou cast down? Hope thou in God, amen. Oh, yes, amen. We don't need political revival. We need spiritual revival. We need God to step down, amen. And to show himself strong on the behalf of his people. We need a move of God like we have never seen before in our generation in this country. Amen. And although I hate to even suggest it. Have you honestly considered or had the thought go through your mind that a Trump win might even hinder us. Getting that revival that we're praying for. Now, it's quiet in here, isn't it? Wow. I mean, if you really think about it, how many Christians would stop praying as soon as Trump won victory and that victory was declared, that was to happen? I think many would. They'd wipe the sweat off their brow and say, Phew! <laughs> Praise the Lord! God spared us from the abyss of godless communism! <laughs> and they would forget about revival praying for the next four years. I think God has started something here that I don't want to stop. Good. No matter who the president is. You know, the, you know, you know the, the truth of what I'm saying. You know the reality of what I'm saying. You know it's the truth because the vast majority of us never gave praying for revival much of a second thought until we started into 2020 <laughs> with this extremely vital presidential election approaching. 
And I hope that no matter how this thing turns out, because, you know, the Bible says the lot is cast into the lap, but the uh, disposing of it thereof is up to the Lord. It's in God's hands. But I hope that no matter how this thing turns out, you will continue praying with me and can continue praying as a church for revival because listen folks our hope is not in Donald Trump our hope is in Jesus Christ the Messiah the, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings Amen Praise your name Jesus It's not our need is not political our need is spiritual If we've not seen that now we ought to see that more than ever and it just might be, Christians, that a loss here is what is needed for us to have that revival that we desire. And all I can say is not my will, but thine be done. Listen, folks. It was a persecuted church with imprisoned preachers and pastors that saw a ground-shaking revival in the book of Acts. Was it not? You say, preacher, I don't want that. I don't want it either. Because <laughs> you know I'm one of the first ones they're going to come after and get when that starts happening, right? Amen. The truth is, although I have absolutely no desire to be persecuted, I have no desire to be in prison. Does anybody want that here? Anybody want to volunteer for that? I want to go to prison. <laughs> I want to be persecuted. None of us are going to raise our hand for that, are we? Although I have absolutely no desire for that, and I know you don't either, I am praying for the will of God. And I am praying for the Lord to grant us that precious revival. And to send that awakening to our country that our country desperately needs. Our country is past the point of needing. And if it will take persecution or imprisonment, all I can say is not my will, but thine be done, O Lord. And I pray if such a day ever does come, that the Lord would grant me and us the grace and the strength to be like the apostles in the book of Acts when they were thrown into prison. The Bible tells us in Acts 5.41, this is after they saw ground-shaking revival, Christians, because of this imprisonment. It said that they rejoiced that we were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Jesus truly is worthy. Because the reality is that such trials and tribulations may be what we need for God to prepare us for revival. I don't know about you, but I believe if we had to endure real persecution or imprisonment, I think our prayer life might get a little better. What do you think? Maybe just a little bit, right, Brother Darrell? <laughs> no, I think our prayer life would dramatically be strengthened and increased if that were to start happening in this country. And I truly believe the battle for revival the battle for an awakening, it will be won or lost in our prayer closets. 
not on the streets protesting, not even at the ballot boxes on election day. For the spiritual battle that we are fighting has to be won in a spiritual way. For the battle is the Lord's. And prayer is the greatest spiritual weapon that we possess as believers. And so win or lose, don't let go Christians, amen? Don't let go. For we seek something greater than a political victory. We need revival. And so tonight I want us to consider from this verse for just a few minutes how we ought to continue praying as we seek revival, as I see laid out in this text in Ezra, as Ezra was, seek, Ezra, Ezra was seeking revival for himself and the people of God. First of all, I notice here in our text, the very first thing I see here in his prayer was praise, that he praised him for this present space of grace. Notice what it says here in verse 8. It says, And now for a little space of grace hath been showed from the Lord. I don't know about you, I like that. <laughs> Think about this for a second, Christian. When, when was the last time you praised God and you thanked Him for His wonderful liberty and freedom you have enjoyed to freely worship God in America? You cannot worship God anywhere else in the world like you can worship God in America. When was the last time you actually told God thank you for that and praised him for that? Amen. You know, I know the liberals have been hard at work trying to find ways to destroy this country and rob us of our, our liberties for many years now. And yet still, I've had the privilege to enjoy religious liberty and freedom for almost 40 years as an American citizen. Praise God. I don't deserve it, but I've got that. I've had a space of grace. Amen. And so I praise God for this wonderful space of grace that we have enjoyed here in our country. And I thank my great God that he has held back the flood of wickedness from completely overtaking us during the years of my life. Because I'll tell you what, like I read on Sunday, they were starting this abortion thing before I was even born. It's amazing to me. I mean, they've been trying and trying and trying for years uh, to just have their way in this country. But God has held them back. He's given us a space of grace. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the time that you have granted us this wonderful space of grace. Truly, God has been good, church. God has been good to Victory Baptist Church. God has been good to America. God has been good to this preacher. Amen. And every individual that has been born in this free country called America, God has been good to you. And he's been merciful to us. During the years of my life, he's been merciful to me. And you know what the truth is? I know not what the future may hold, and you don't either. But I am truly thankful and grateful for the space of grace he has extended. Amen. And I trust that come what may, 
You know what? I'll find his grace will continue to be sufficient throughout the years. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My soul will not be cast down. My soul will not be disquieted. I will hope thou in God. Amen. Amen. I will hope thou in God. Okay? Because I'm not looking for political revival. I'm looking for spiritual revival. And sometimes we've got to see through spiritual eyes to realize what God needs to do. May God help us. Notice here as he called on the Lord seeking revival, he praised him for this present space of grace. I notice secondly that he prayed for and praised him for the remnant as well. Verse 8 says, to leave us a remnant to escape. You know what, truly, folks, we ought to praise the Lord for the remnant of Bible-believing Christians here in our country. We really ought to thank God for the Bible-believing Christians we have here in this country. <laughs> and we ought, we ought to, to also diligently pray for one another as well. Truly, I believe it is this remnant that the Lord uses as salt and as light to preserve and to hold back all those forces and those floods of evil. <laughs> the Bible says, he that letteth now will now let, you know, talking about that time when the Holy Spirit will be removed. We know that's going to happen when the church gets taken out of here, isn't it? But during this time, during this space of grace, God has allowed us to be here as an influence to hold back those forces of evil. Praise the Lord for little churches just like Victory Baptist Church all over the country of America. Amen and amen. That still stand for the word of God. And that still hold forth the, the faith, faithful truth of God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord that right now we have a president in the White House who acknowledges that God is the boss. Amen. <laughs> Brother Raymond sent me a video about that the other day. He said, God's the boss. I'm not the boss. God's the boss. What a blessing. To think that we could even have a president that would say, you know what, I'm not in charge, he is. What well, marvelous grace God has bestowed on us and even allowing us to have such a president for the last four years. Yeah. Praise the Lord that we still have some good, godly men and women in our government. They will stand for the things of God and will fight for the things of God as well. And they're not going to back down. And they're not going to give up. Praise God for that remnant. Amen. Truly, we ought to praise the Lord for this remnant of Bible believers that God has left us as a preserving influence in our society and in our country. We also not, ought not to forget to be praying one for another. Especially as we live out our faith in these last days awaiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so truly we can say thank you Lord for the remnant. Thank you for Victory Baptist Church and all the little churches all over America just like Victory Baptist Church. Thank you for the remnant of those who truly believe the word of God and follow it and live by it. Amen. Amen. And so I see as he seeks revival he Praises God. You know that ought to be part of our praying, ought it? 
to be praising God. He praises God for the present space of grace we've been granted. Wonderful grace that we've been granted to, to freely worship God in this country for so many years. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I can say. Praise his wonderful name. And then he prays for and he praises him for the remnant. Praise God for those who still want to trust in and follow Christ and live according to the word of God. And praise the Lord, we have some even like that in our government that are not ashamed to stand up and testify. They still believe in Jesus and are going to rule, rule accordingly. But I also see here, thirdly, that as he prays for and seeks revival, he petitions God for a position on holy ground. Look what it says now in verse 8. It says, And to give us a nail in this holy place. The idea that Ezra is portraying here for us is that of a nail pounded into the sanctuary wall or a tent peg that is driven into the ground in that holy land that they longed for. You see, think about this for a moment, folks. He, he desired a fixed position on that holy ground. That's what he wanted. He wasn't looking for a temporary moment of glory. But he was looking to set up camp on that holy ground. He was looking to be planted on that holy ground, just like that burning bush that Moses saw aflame with the fire of God was not just a tumbleweed rolling through that holy ground, right? But it was fixed, was it not? It was rooted. It was planted on that holy ground. And when Ezra cries out uh, for a nail to be fixed in that holy place, he is, he is crying out for God, for his Lord to, to fix him and to plant him on that holy ground. Amen. Oh, may God see fit. May the Lord see fit to, to take and set us up, to plant us and allow us to camp on that holy ground here at Victory Baptist Church as well. Well, we need it, folks. Why could we be content on normal ground when God has holy ground for us? Oh, let us learn to walk so closely with Jesus that this would be what we desire. This is the desire of revival. I can't be content over here. I don't want this over here, this, this normal ground, this regular ground. I must have the holy ground, amen. I've got to be planted on it. I've got to be fixed on it. I've got to have it, amen. Where the power and the presence of God abide, I've got to have it. Listen, folks, that was part of his praying for revival. He praised him for the present space of grace. He prayed for and praised him for the remnant, but he also petitioned him for a position on that holy ground. That you want it. I mean, you've got to want it. Blessed is he that hungereth and thirst after, his, after righteousness, he shall be filled. But if there's no hunger and thirst, then I doubt there'll be any filling. You've got to want it, Christian. Maybe this is what it takes for us to actually want it. May God help us to petition him for a position on that holy ground, to really desire and seek and want to walk with God and experience his power and his presence on a daily basis in our lives. I notice number four, he petitions him also for spiritual sight. 
Verse 8 says that the Lord may lighten our eyes. Now, I want you to turn for a minute to Revelation chapter 3. And notice what the Apostle John writes concerning the words of Jesus to the church of Laodicea. He says here in verse number 17, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. What a sad testimony. The Lord accused the church of Laodicea of being blind because they were rich and they were increased with goods and they thought that they had need of nothing. And you know, as you read on down further, his counsel to them was, he said, listen, why don't you go get yourself some, some eye salve and anoint these eyes with eye salve that thou mayest See, listen, folks, if we're going to experience revival, then we need the Lord to anoint our eyes. We need him to lighten our eyes that we might have spiritual eyes to see what he's doing. And to see, think about this now, to see what's really important. Because how often do we just see through worldly eyes? Carnal eyes. And we don't really see what's really important. It's as if we're spiritually blind because we're so blinded by the things the world has to offer that we can't see what's important in the eyes of God. You see, the sad reality is that most of us are like our Laodiceans and we become so focused on earthly things that we have become blind to the spiritual reality of what God is doing and what God is wanting to do. Oh, may God, may the Lord anoint and lighten our eyes that we may, we may see with spiritual vision what God is doing and what God is desiring to do. Amen. May we, like Elijah's, Elisha's servant, have our eyes opened so we can view the mighty working of our great God. He said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to make it through all this? And Elijah says, oh, God, open his eyes. And he saw the hills full of chariots of fire with God on their side. <laughs> his eyes had to be open, though. Oh, may God, the Lord, so also lighten our eyes that we may see with the eyes of God what he's desiring to do in our lives and the lives of others as well. In the life of this country. Oh, may God see fit to lighten the eyes of the lost as well. To remove the blinders because the godless world has blinded their eyes that they might see the glorious truth of the word of God and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. The devil's put the blinders on, but you know what? We know a God who knows how to remove the blinders, amen? We know a God who says there's no blinders too great for me. And when the Apostle Paul met Jesus on the Damascus Road, he was blind for a number of days. I, was, I believe God was using him to demonstrate to us the spiritual blindness of a lost individual. But guess what? God removed the blindness, Amen. didn't he? 
Because you can't meet Jesus and continue on blindly. God removes the blinders. Oh, may God do such a work in our day that he would remove the blinders that the devil has put on the lost in our communities, in our families, in our country. That the Lord may truly awake the people, amen, and awake them to righteousness and awake them to see their need of repentance and faith and trust in Christ. Oh, may God grant spiritual sight for us, for the, for the saved, but also for the lost. Notice he petitioned here, as he sought revival, he petitioned for spiritual sight, that the Lord may lighten our eyes. So he praised him for the present space of grace. He, he prayed for and praised him for that wonderful remnant that we ought to be so thankful for. He petitioned him for a petition on that holy ground. And then he petitioned him for that spiritual sight that we need and that also is needed for our lost loved ones. And lastly, I see here he petitioned him for a little revival, a little reviving, amen? You look at the end of verse number eight of our text here in Ezra. It says, now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God. To leave us a remnant to escape, but to give us a nail in this holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Wow, what a blessing, amen. A little reviving in our bondage. You know what, maybe it takes a little bondage before we get the little reviving. I don't know. But listen, folks, think about this for just a moment. If a little mustard seed of faith can move mountains, then if God were to grant even the littlest bit of reviving, I believe that we would find that it would be amazing, amen. amen. Truly, there is no telling what God can do in this little church with this little group of believers if he would give us just a little bit of reviving. A little move of God in a town could change it forever. A stirring of a few of the Lord's saints could be the thing that touches the whole community for Jesus Christ. You say, but how could it happen? It's happened before. Two little old widows in the Hebrides said, boy, we need God to do something here. We so desperately need God to do something here. We just can't help. We've got to pray about this thing. From 10 at night to 3 in the morning for who knows how long, they got together and prayed and called on the name of God and sought revival, and God granted that revival. Just two little old ladies. Couldn't even go to church. They were so weak and feeble. And yet God granted them that revival. As it says in the book of 1 Samuel 14, 6, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. So listen, folks, let us not quit praying. I don't care if Trump wins. I don't care if Biden wins. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for Jesus. Amen. Yes. 
We're looking for spiritual victory, amen? Not a political victory. So why art thou cast down, Christian? Why art thou disquieted? Hope thou in God, amen? amen. He is still on the throne. There's nothing for me to whine and complain about. There's nothing for me to sorrow about. Jesus can't be dethroned. Amen. Hey, I'm on the winning side, amen. Glory to heaven. And nobody can change that either. Not Biden, not Kamala Harris, not a Barack Obama or any other person can change the fact that I'm on the winning side, amen. amen. So let us not quit praying. Let us not quit seeking that touch from God. Because no matter who wins this election, uh, because listen, folks, we need God to move, not a politician. That's the, re that's, that's the reality of it. <laughs> politicians come and politicians go. We need God to move. And so let us remain steadfast, seeking and thirsting and asking for God to grant us just a little reviving. Because you know what? If he would grant us just a little reviving, boy, I don't think we can even tell what type of floodgates would be opened from heaven on this place. Oh, may God grant us the, the floods on this dry ground. Amen? Amen. That we would see the power of God work in this place. As we all close tonight, I want us to stand to our feet. The pianist is going to come play. The altar is going to be open when you pray for your country. Would you pray for yourself? Would you pray for revival? Would you just purpose in your heart tonight? This is what we need. Amen. Not praying for a politician. Not praying for a president. Praying for God to step down. Praying for God to move in this place. Praying for God to grant revival personally and in our church and in our communities and in our country. Just a little revival, oh God. Would you grant Altar's open, Christian. You come and pray. Seek his face and ask for God. But well, we need God to do something. May God help us. Come and praise the Lord speaks to your heart.